2: How has your experience been in these dating streets?
1: Mm. I would say it's been rough, if I'm being honest. It has been rough. Um, I think that dating period is just a, a yeah. very difficult thing to do right now. But when you add, you know, height, um, when you add weighting, when you add all of those things into dating, um, it just becomes it becomes more difficult.
2: You say when you add weighting, your your what is your you how can you ask that question
1: i thought you were gonna say status yeah, I'm about your to say status. Status. yeah what's your
2: status <laughs> be like what i go- how you ask that question because i know we talk about it so you're virgin yes this it's straight up I, I like to just yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh so you're virgin what has that introduced in the dating in the dating phase and how soon do you tell guys that We put
0: porn to shame. (laughs) The womb isn't just about where I give birth to babies. Talk about it. Talk. The womb is about where we give birth to purpose. Talk. I was basically
2: all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the
1: world. You have set a standard in love.
0: I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Wow.
1: This woman is a
2: ride
0: or die. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. I
2: had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear. 19, 19 attorneys.
0: attorneys. My, my, my last relationship, you know, they did a number on me.
2: What you did not know is I had a whole little situation lined up that evening.
1: Your transparency is literally setting people free.
0: And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. i, I noticed that right away. you can going to make me cry. <laughs> Um, thank you.
1: I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. you gonna say, Dear Future Wifey, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? They're gonna go right in that box.
2: (laughs) I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen, we are having an amazing time on the podcast in season five, but before we get started. Are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, can we just make a commitment? I mean, we're, we're five seasons in. And even if you just started with us, hit that subscription button and subscribe. Turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Man, we have been deep diving into some controversial subject matter. Um, and today we're going to have fun. We're going to talk about some stuff that we're going to challenge you. Brothers, we're going to challenge you Women, we're going to challenge you in your thought processes And we did an episode in first season Called Preference Versus Purpose And so we're going to go ahead and challenge Some of our preferences So without further ado Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast My new homie Alicia J. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. So I'm
2: going I'm to not talk about the obvious things since you said when people see you, the first thing they do is talk about this particular thing. So I'm going to try to talk about something else. Psych. Uh, you are six foot six, right?
1: Yes. Six foot six. Not with heels on. People always say, how tall are you with heels? Obviously, it depends on the heel that I'm wearing. <laughs> But six six without heels, yes.
2: Six six. You said the first thing people talk about when they when they see you is what?
1: My height. They always want to know if I play basketball. That's the number one thing. But the number number one thing is they'll be like, "You're tall." I'm aware. I've lived in this body my whole entire life.
2: So they, <laughs> they approach you as if they're giving you new information,
1: right? Like they're the first ones to tell me that I'm tall. Like what? I am? I am? You're the first person to tell me
2: that. So we're going to call this episode, this is going to be an affectionate uh, title. We're going to call it Love Has No Height. Do you believe that?
1: I am more open to it than I ever have been before. Why? Because I do want to live a life of purpose. And I believe that your relationship should be within that purpose. You should be in purpose together. Right. And so I'm really trying to be aware of what package God may want to send that to me in now, prior to
2: Um, let's talk about the prior to
1: this revelation that I've had probably in the last five years. um, I just wanted someone taller than me. Taller than you. Yes. Yes. Taller than you. Absolutely. Have you met many guys that were taller than you? Yes, I have.
2: Why? Like you meet them like, well, have you dated them?
1: I definitely have. I would say, The shortest man that I've dated is 6'3". Okay. And the tallest one was 7'2". 7'2"? Yeah.
2: How long ago was that?
1: Um, That wasn't too long ago. Mm, Probably about a year ago. Oh, that was recent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like he was the one?
1: I did for a minute. I did. And not because of his height, just because of him. (laughs) Just because of him. But his height did help. It did. It it was great. I mean, I think just being like in the same like eyesight of somebody, you know, it does help. Like, it helps with everything, including chemistry, right? Um, But I don't think that it's the end-all be-all now. Because I know that there's so much more to love than just height. But I'm not knocking anybody out there that feels that way. Right. Because preference is a thing. Yes. And I think that God also gives us preferences. Yes, he does. For a reason. Um, So, I'm not knocking it, but I think I'm more open to it now than I ever have been.
2: So... We're challenging the ideology that love has no height. Could you be with someone? And I mean, you're a purpose person. So when I say be with, we're talking about marriage. Could Mm -hmm. you be with somebody that's five feet tall?
1: I think it would be difficult. It would be difficult because society looks at it in such a way where anywhere we went, we would get stares. We would get questions. We would people like even for me, just as a tall woman, people will approach me, even like touch me, take pictures of me from afar. They'll walk up and touch you? Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, you are this tall. I'm just like.
2: (laughs) They'll walk up and physically touch you. Yes.
1: And any tall woman will tell you that they get this all the time. I have my friends, you know, they deal with so much more than I do because I think I'm used to it now. You know, I'm not saying it's right. None of it is right. Yeah. But. I think just being in this tall body my whole life, I get used to walking around and getting the stairs and the questions and everything. I'm not saying it doesn't get to me. Sometimes we can cover that later, Yeah, but they aren't used to it. So when they're out there with me, you know, I'll have friends go up to people and say stuff to them. Um, they'll catch people taking pictures and be like, no, you know? And so, imagine being with somebody who is five foot yeah. and you're six, six having to deal with that all the time. I think it would be difficult. I'm not saying it would be impossible,
2: but, but it'd be, but difficult. that wouldn't be a deal breaker for you though.
1: I would I wouldn't say a deal breaker, but it would definitely have to be straight from God. Cause <laughs> <laughs> like God would have to be like, Hey, it's him with the flashlight. You know what I'm saying? Because it's difficult in itself to be a tall woman. It's a beautiful thing but it has its difficulties and you would really have to love someone to walk in that walk with them and deal with that on top of the stuff that we already deal with in relationships.
2: When you were walking around with the guy that was seven 2 didn't y'all get a bunch of stairs?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say a bunch of stairs, but it's not for that reason. It's, it's not because it's abnormal. I think it was just because, whoa, it's too tall people walking around, but society, thinks that a woman who is taller than a man is abnormal it just does i'm not saying it's right but it's there
2: that's good that's good um that's interesting that is that's, that's extremely interesting so you said the shortest guy you dated was six two three three six three mm-hmm. um did that feel different or awkward to you not at all yeah
1: yeah not at all um but the thing, and this is key, I don't care how tall you are, is the confidence yes. level and just being okay with it. Because there's so many men that will approach me and be like, girl, I'll climb you, which, don't do that. <laughs> please. They say, I'm going to climb you. Oh, girl, you that's a tree right there. I'm going to climb her. She a stallion. <laughs> you know, all these things. Like, please don't. just Just save that. But they say that. And, or they'll approach you and they'll be, they'll say that they're okay with it. Until. But until you are on a date or, I mean, I wouldn't go out on a date with somebody who called me a stallion, but, (laughs) but until you go out on a date with them and then there's things that, that happen that you can tell that they're not comfortable. Give me an example. Um, I had a guy who would not hold hands with me in public Uh, because he was uncomfortable, you know, and no. I will not live my life like no. that. I will be single mm-hmm. every day of my life before I settle for somebody who's not comfortable with who I am.
2: Yes. Yes. Whew. It said, not hold my hand yeah. in public. Was that somebody you was in a committed relationship with?
1: We were just dating. Yeah. We are dating, getting to know but, each but other. behind
2: closed doors, he'll touch you or be affectionate with you.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously pursuing me and all yeah. of that. But then when we're in public, you can't hold hands. Like,
2: Was he like walking you know, creating distance between y'all when y'all walking. Right. Make it look like y'all not really together.
1: Yeah. I'm a person who, you know, I, I'm not saying PDA full out, but I like to hold hands. I like to be close, that kind of thing. And I would go to hold his hand and he would.
2: Oh, he'll move out the way. Yeah. How long that last?
1: Not very long. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't got to tell me twice. So I'm not wasting time. We don't have time to waste. So
2: You are intentionally dating in this season, right? Yes. You desire a husband. I do. Um, How close have you been to being married?
1: Not very close. I would say that I've been really, really close to finding who I think I would be married to. Mm,
2: I, I want you to unpack that.
1: Yeah, very, very close. Finding
2: what I think I want to be married to. What does that mean?
1: Everything that I think that I have on paper that I would orchestrate for myself was there. But at the end of the day, it wasn't what God wanted for me.
2: What I think I want to be What I to. think.
1: And that's one of the reasons why I'm more open to things like hype because I don't wanna block who God wants in my life.
2: I did an episode, uh, like I talked about first season, because uh, I'm always challenging my own ideology. Uh, I was married two weeks shy of 10 years. And at the age of 28, when I got married, I had, I don't think it was that deep back then. I don't think I had all these different preferences. It was just like, I wanted a woman of God mm-hmm. and she had, uh, what was it back then? Cause I was in theater during that time as a national playwright, director and producer. So I wanted somebody that had an affinity towards the arts and she was an actress. And so it was just, it was just perfect. But the older I become the more preferences that I've created based upon the demise of my marriage. And now I'm deconstructing those and saying they don't matter. Like all that stuff that you think matters really doesn't matter. And that's where I'm, um, submitting myself to the desires of God and say God who do you have for me like like you know what it looks like because oftentimes when we're choosing who we're choosing we're choosing them present tense yeah we're not we don't know what's going to happen to us a year from now let alone 20 years and we're talking about to death do us part then we go through a lot of different seasons with that loved one and what you chose today they may not look like that five years down the right. line. They may not be as vibrant and bouncing around in this gym rat or this athletic body that you desire back then. And now this person has lost a limb or two. Right. You know, and do you still love them in spite of? And so that's what I've been asking God for lately is saying, God, you know, my life, you have the blueprint of my life. You know, what's going to get me from this moment until death do we part with this loved one. And so you choose.
1: And you also know what I have to accomplish. And so when you are with someone, it's not just about what they look like or how comfortable you are when you hold hands or whatever. It's about that thing that you need to accomplish. Can they also help you with that purpose? There it is. There it is. Because if you are working towards that and you're working towards the thing that God has told you to do and they can't support you, I don't want to call them a liability, but that's what it is, but it's not within the purpose. It doesn't fall in line with what you are supposed to do or accomplish.
2: And that's why I say I'm not looking for a a wife, a spouse. I'm looking for my purpose partner. Yeah, I'm looking for someone that it just, it just works. You get with that person you go, Oh my God, you do that. Oh, that's great. I do this too. We can do this together. We can, and you just get this light bulb moment of a uh, of purpose. And you right. know that you can run faster with that person. You can move more efficiently with that person. Uh, you can think in ways that you couldn't think by yourself with that person because they're the added component.
1: Well, and understanding Yes. when you're doing things that take a lot of work, a lot of hours, a lot of time, you have to be with somebody who's understanding that understands that you're not going to always be there 24 seven. Mm. Have you run into that?
2: Well, well, let people know your line of work. What do you do?
1: Um, I work in social media. Um, I also work in broadcasting and I'm a talent. So um, I have a lot of things that I do and a lot of hours that I put in. And so I definitely need somebody who understands that, you know, with all the things that I do, that we're going to be apart at some time. And, and I truly believe that my partner will be doing things that I have to have understanding for, too. Yeah. You yeah. know, so. Um,
2: did you find that that was a, a challenge in past uh, relationships that you working a lot or doing whatever you did at that time? Because um, I take it that you're a very
1: ambitious woman. I am. And. Also, it's important to know that I do have a job. Yeah, <laughs> um, I do have an occupation that I do enjoy, yeah. but I also have purpose in tall swag. Yeah. And so me going around and talking to people about confidence and talking to people about standing tall every day in every way, it definitely takes up time too. And so someone's <laughs> got to understand all of that.
2: Tell people who don't know about your mission. You said Tall Swag. Mm -hmm. That's your IG handle, but it's more than just your IG handle. What does Tall Swag stand for, and what is that for?
1: Well, Tall Swag is something that I embody. Um, I love my height. I love what my height has brought me. I love um, standing tall, um, but I didn't always. Mm. So growing up... Just imagine being head and shoulders above the rest your whole entire life. Like yeah. I mean, even I, I always tell people I was 10 1 coming out the womb. So like 10 <laughs> 1, <laughs> 23 and a half inches. So I've always been 10 1. You know, exceptional. Um but you know, going into middle school, I was six three. And just imagine in middle school. In did
2: y'all middle, middle school start in sixth grade or seventh grade? Sixth grade. You were six three. Yeah.
1: So going into middle school, I was 6'3", and I was also in, uh, I grew up in Beaverton, Oregon, which, you know, is exactly how it sounds.
2: (laughs) Beaverton, Oregon.
1: And I was one of 30 kids of color in the school district. In the whole school district. In the whole school district. So I went from growing up in Portland, Oregon, where I was in a community of all black people in Northeast Portland to when my parents got divorced, going to Beaverson, Oregon, where I was one of 30 kids of color in the school district, my brother and I would walk home from school and they would yell the N word out the window at us. And, you know, being tall, people thought that I was older and not that they would only say, they wouldn't say that to kids because obviously we still appeared as kids, but I'm sure, you know they, they were yelling at what they thought was like an older kid as well, but doesn't make it right. Right. Um, but so imagine going into school, being one of the only kids of color, having curly hair, not really knowing what to do with it at the time. And then also being six, three, I got bullied and picked apart like nobody's business. Um, I vividly remember, you know, walking down the hallway one day, you know, lockers on both sides, and there was a group of kids that were standing there. I thought it was weird, but I just kept, you know, kept it moving, moved forward. And one of them tripped me and another one yelled timber as I fell down to Boy, the
2: floor. So, now, hold on. Now, what happened after that? Did you get up swinging? Was you a fighter back then?
1: I was not. I was so introverted because, you know, I had no friends, no people that looked the same as me around me. I was in this new environment and then I was being berated. You know, by all of these kids. So you're real shy. I was shy back in the day, but also I had no confidence. I didn't know what to do with any of the gifts that God gave me because I didn't think they were gifts. You know, somebody. So it was a
2: guy that tripped. you or a girl.
1: It was a guy, and the girl yelled, "Timber!" I remember it vividly. Like I can see it in my head right now. Um, and so I went through a lot. I went through a lot. You know, my parents were going through a divorce. Um. I was in this new environment. I was being bullied. I was even being bullied by teachers. They would bring me up in front of the class. This, this one teacher specifically, her name was Miss Bean. She brought me up in front of a class on the regular and would tell how bad my spelling scores were. And I would complain. She would deny. And finally, other kids in the class started complaining. And so they finally did something about it. But I, I was going through a lot. What was her point? She, what point was she trying to prove? Just that I wasn't a good student. I I mean, I really can't, I can't I mean, but tell a, you what was but, in her but head. But you're a
2: quiet student. Like, you wasn't a troublemaker or anything no. like that. You're just quiet, stand yeah. to yourself, uh, low self-esteem, not yes. very confident, uh, performing poorly in spelling. And she just took it upon herself to be yeah. like, hey, you come up here. We are gonna just talk about how bad your grades are. Yeah.
1: I mean, I was the only black kid in the class. Like, you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So, I went through a lot. And I did not love myself. There were times um in high school where I was suicidal for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Absolutely. And it wasn't until I went to college and I played basketball, so which I started late and I wasn't like inherently good. at you started basketball. started late like
2: at what in high school?
1: About seventh grade. Oh, seventh grade. Okay. Which yeah. is kind of late. Now people have a ball in no, people's they, hands, you know, yeah, they, they from birth, exactly. basically. It's, it's- um but people thought I should be balling out of control, like dunking, yeah. you know, and it just didn't come to me very easily. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so they made like, fun of you at that, too?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I worked really, really, really hard, really hard. And I got a full-rise scholarship. And when I went to college.
2: Well, hold on. When did you become, quote, unquote, good?
1: Um, I wouldn't even say I got really good until I was about probably like my second year in college. Okay. After I redshirted. But still got yeah. a full
2: but still got a full rise scholarship? Yeah,
1: I mean, I was good, but like I had to work so hard at being good. It wasn't it just didn't come naturally yeah. to me. So I probably I probably hit my stride in basketball probably about my second year in college after I redshirted. You redshirted. Yeah.
2: And then now you're in the in a space where your height is um rewarded. Right. You know? Um, how did that feel when you became a basketball player and now is not, did you still feel judgment or was it like, Oh, we expect you to be, you know, that they applaud you for your height.
1: Well, I wouldn't even say it wasn't even so much applause, but it was the way that my confidence turned when I got on that team in college because I was around other tall women, other tall black women who absolutely loved who they were and owned it. And I was just sitting there like, you can love this. Mm. I didn't even know that you could love it. That's good. And I just sat with myself and I said, you have been believing these lies that these people have been telling you about the gifts that you have and their gifts. And you need to go out and use them in the exact way that they have been given to you. Mm. And my confidence just started building up and I just I never really looked back. Like I just saw how beautiful my height was, how beautiful it was to be black, how beautiful my hair was. All of the things that these people have picked apart. Yeah. I saw the power in them. And I walked forward and I created things like tall swag to show other people that you don't have to believe those lies.
2: When did you start that? Back in college?
1: I started it when I got out of college. Um so when I started my professional sports career. Um yeah, I I just said I need to start something and it started yeah. off super small. Um and we're still plugging away, but um I'm very thankful for the platform that God has given me. Um and I feel privileged in it.
2: Tell me what's the testimony you've heard uh with because what's so beautiful about it is that when God you can never have a testimony unless you first been tested, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a young girl out there that's sixth grade, six foot three. And she's, she feels ashamed. Uh, Have you run into those girls that saw you and you were able to pour into them? Um, Their mom may have connected them to you. Do you have any testimonies that, that, that tell the story of this young girl?
1: I would say I've had so many of those and I'm so thankful that I have because that's exactly why I'm here. You know, there's so many other things that I do. But at the base, I know that I'm here to inspire the exact person that I was Mm -hmm. coming up. And I can't say that I would single anyone out. But what I do know is that every single time I see a tall girl, I tell her how beautiful her height is. Oh, you do? I do. Because I needed that. Mm. I needed to be seen when I was walking those streets of Beaverton. You know, I needed, I needed someone just to say it. A little thing like that can just completely yeah. change someone's life. You know, me walking onto that college team and seeing those women yeah. that were—they—they they didn't even know what they did for me. And I want to be that mm. for those those girls out there.
2: Hmm. You know, certain things that we just don't think about. Like mm. we just, we just, we live in our own little bubble and we don't think of the impact. And it, some stuff be. Is really innocent, just by I call it ignorance. You yeah. just don't know, and so you may walk up to. um Oh, I, I no, I guess I've never just walked up to a stranger and said nothing like that. Because I kind of, yeah, I don't think like that. I'm like, okay. say, would I ever walk up to somebody and be like, "You're tall"? Like that just sounds stupid to me.
1: Um, well, I'm glad it sounds stupid to you. <laughs> I'm but like, let what? me tell you, it doesn't sound stupid to a lot of these people out here. Or just walk up, and be like, "Can I take a picture with you?" That's so intrusive. Like, hundred, it happens all the time. Or it's like they're trying to or get try it, get
2: a picture of you while you, yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah, people say the craziest things to you. I've I've had people tell me that because you know I haven't played basketball in years, and I've had people tell me that I'm a waste. Cause i'm not playing basketball and i'm like you God, know, yeah yeah a waste and
2: so they'll walk up to you and say are you uh you play ball you say nope and they go you're a waste
1: someone really did that that's a waste you're a waste and what people have to understand is, is all women are here for everything yes we have an exceptional height we absolutely do, but it doesn't mean that we have to play sports. We're so much more than that. So much more.
2: They've said that to uh my nephew who I adopted. They they he's like probably six one, six something, and mm-hmm. he's ninth grade, but he's always been tall for his age. And they're like, You ain't got him in basketball? What's he doing? He need to be in basketball. He's like, so he tried to play basketball. <laughs> In sixth grade he tried to go out for the basketball team and he was terrible you know what i'm saying he couldn't dribble he couldn't do anything and he felt like such a loser he was just crying i was like you can do just because you're tall don't mean you have to play basketball it's not like you're tall you play basketball you're this you got to run track you are this you got you, it's like you don't have to go you don't have to fall into social norms right but he felt like his height wasn't <laughs> gaining the the response that he needed you know, in life because he didn't play basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that just doesn't make any sense. Well, um, what
1: I often tell people that say that is, why aren't you playing? <laughs> because last time I checked, anybody of any height could play basketball. <laughs> so get out there on the court and get you an NBA, you know, get your contract.
2: <laughs> I bet you'd be so smart with people now. Yeah. Listen, so you said, <laughs> we were talking the other day, you said that you've gone to restaurants where people call you sir
1: yes yes so i you know people out the corner of their eye they see how tall you are and they just said how can i help you sir before they even look up because they just equate the height with being a man
2: and what have you said in those oh Alicia, what, I, what have you what have yeah. you said to the people of god in those moments?
1: Listen, <laughs> i don't know if god is always proud of the way that i handle those things <laughs> I don't know if he's always proud now, <laughs> but I correct people Yeah. because I'll tell you this. The young Alicia could not handle yeah. the comments and what people said. I wasn't equipped to handle it. Yeah. And so I want to tell people how terrible it is to do things like that. to tall women because or tall girls, especially because yeah. they're not equipped to handle it either. Yeah. So, I don't want that young girl to go further into a depression. If she's feeling bad about her height because you call her, sir, you know, and that is just, and, and I'm going to be honest, even if it was somebody who was a transgender person, you still don't call them that right. because it's not, it's not right to do that either. So people just need to literally just stop assuming based on a stereotype that society set, like, just say, how can I help you? How about that? Start there. <laughs> and look at me. <laughs> because I'm not. People, people be afraid to make eye contact with you? I wouldn't say afraid, but people are definitely intimidated. You know, I, I remember vividly um, in a former place of, of work, of, a former employer of mine that I work for, I went to meet an executive for the first time um, just to introduce myself And I went to shake her hand, and she went like this. Oh, really? And I said, okay, all right. And she was like, ooh, you give me anxiety, you intimidate me. She audibly said that to my face.
2: She said you give her anxiety.
1: Yes. Yes, and I intimidate her. And Hmm. now that I know how powerful my height is, I was actually excited that I intimidated her because – listen, if, if you're going to be intimidated by it, I'm going to use it to my you advantage. Use it to your advantage. But the old, you know, uh, the Alicia that didn't understand how powerful it was, I would have been offended. And she shouldn't have said that. She was wrong. But that's an internal issue that she has, not something that has anything to do with me. I want to know what made
2: her intimidated. Like what things are gonna jump on her, beat up or something? Like what? Like I'm like, how do you get intimidated about? Like, I
1: don't know what her issue was. Yeah, that's, that's, but I hope she ironed it out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How's your experience been in these dating streets?
1: Mm, I would say it's been rough. If I'm being honest, it has been rough. Um, I think that dating, period, is just a, a yeah. very difficult thing to do right now. But when you add, you know, height, um, when you add weighting, when you add all of those things into dating, um, it just becomes, it becomes more difficult.
2: You say when you add weighting, your, your, what is your, your, how can you ask that question?
1: I thought you were going to say status. I to say status. Yeah, what's, your status? Status? <laughs> yeah, what's your
2: status? <laughs> be like, what? I'm go- how you ask that question? Because I know we talk about it. So you're virgin. Yes. Just is straight up. I, I like to just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're virgin. What has that introduced in the dating in the dating phase? And how soon do you tell guys that?
1: Well, I think it's a layer of protection, to be honest, because and I guess literally, but also <laughs> figuratively, figuratively, because it really shows you real quick who's there for getting to know you who's yeah. there to pursue you who's really there for you um and who's just there to hit yeah so and how, how you so know. you say
2: that uh you say that up front
1: well it depends um i think that when you're dating someone, you don't necessarily put all your cards out yeah. on the table on the first date. So I don't right. think, I don't just come and sit down hey, at the table doing? and be you know like. You a virgin,
2: right? So if you want to leave, virgin. you can leave now. Yeah. All right, but they have <laughs> amazing uh, Brussels sprouts here.
1: Right. Like, <laughs> like, like I definitely don't do that. Um, but I have shared my story a lot. And so people may already know. Yeah. Um, I, I always know when that's happening because they're kind of like fishing for it. And I'm just like, okay, so you've, you've obviously seen my story. <laughs> you say fishing for it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> oh, But pun intended. Very uh, <laughs> intended. But you know, so it, it it is difficult because I've had a lot of people ghost me. I've had a lot of people think that they're gonna be the, the one, one to break me down. Yeah, they're like,
2: yeah, she a virgin now. I'm a, yeah, I'm like Steve Urkel did to Laura. He's like, I'm wearing you down. I'm wearing you down. Right. So they feel like they can do that to you. Um, right. And God, that's just
1: yeah but you know what it's okay because this isn't to be honest like this is just a way that i honor god i was about to ask
2: you that why are you a virgin
1: yeah so i really had to do a deep dive into why i was especially during the pandemic because so many feelings just came out Mm -hmm. i think from being by yourself um a lot of things that happened during the pandemic really showed a lot about religion and the Christian church, um, which made me really analyze just, I would say, my faith in general. Um, I just want to make sure that it was something that I believed and not something that was given to me or pushed on me or um, something that people thought I should do. And so I adopted it. Yeah. So I I really wanted to make sure that I I was doing it because I wanted to honor God and not just because I thought it's what I should do, Mm. because then there's no point to it as far as I'm concerned. And what did
2: you, and what did you discover?
1: And I discovered that I, I discovered that I definitely did it to honor God, um, at the end of the day, God is just so amazing. And he's been so amazing in my life and it doesn't make me better than anyone. Um, it doesn't make him love me more. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it doesn't do any of those things, but it definitely is a way that I want to honor him. Um, and all that he's done for me
2: in the pandemic, uh, did your faith waver in that regard? Did you get a little weary in your well-doing and say, why, is this not because i've I've spoken to women who were virgins up to like 31 32 Mm -hmm. and um and one of my friends said that she had a virginity pack with a couple of her friends and then at the age of 37 her friend was like i don't want to i don't want to do this no more and just said and just called up her homeboy and was like let's have sex he was like what what and he and he did you know um and she asked a friend, like, was it worth it? She was just like, nah, but I'm I'm tired of having that a part of my, my life mm-hmm. and my story. So I was like, why would you just give it away so casually if you held on to it so sacred for so long? But she felt like she didn't want it a part of a story. So my question is, during the pandemic and this state of loneliness, did you get a little weary in your well-doing? And was like, you know what, I might as well go and give it to Jerome over there.
1: No, <laughs> I, I personally did not. But I will say the thing that made me kind of question it was um, having children.
2: Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: During the pandemic, when you're kind of like sitting with yourself and you're a certain age, I'm 41, Mm -hmm. and um, I actually froze my eggs during the pandemic. I was just thinking it's really unfair. Well, let me
2: stop. I ain't gonna just let that slide. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. A lot of times people put the stigma on that, but that's that's wise. So I want to make sure that I address that.
1: Yeah. It's an investment for my future with my husband. Yes. Um, You know, age does matter when it comes to having children. I believe that God can do all things and, yeah. and I do have faith, but having faith means that I put some eggs to the side, yep. you know, because yep. we never know if we're going to need them or not. Exactly. So, yeah, but it was, it was a lot to go through alone. It was hard because, you're giving yourself these injections and it just really highlighted the fact that there's no one there to help you in that moment and to help you with that process. Um, So it was heavy and it really did have me questioning like, well, if I hadn't waited, maybe I would already have kids and this wouldn't be an issue or um, maybe I would have found somebody that I really love. And you know, like it it did make me question it a hundred percent
2: it's interesting you said if i didn't if i wasn't waiting then yeah. maybe i could have found someone that i really loved or who really loved me yeah it's like we we asked these questions if i if i wasn't waiting then i could have found someone that really loved me
1: I mean, I'd be lying if those fe- I said those feelings didn't creep in. Of course. I'm, I'm a very transparent person. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's so easy. No, 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 no. It's absolutely hard. Those feelings creep in. But at the end of the day, I know that me honoring this is going to honor who comes into my life.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy life is stressful, ain't it? Now therapy is the safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with BetterHelp. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot
0: Wifey.
2: We, That's something that's been talked about a lot on, well, some of the sites that I look at, you know, abstinence and whatnot, mm-hmm. and people have their different reasons for it. Some people say, I'm going to be abstinent while I go through this healing from this breakup, and then when I get in my next relationship, you know, we finna have sex, that's just a part of it. <laughs> you have women that say, uh, I watched this thing. Matter of fact, one of my friends sent me this, this, this graphic, this meme uh on V103 in Atlanta where this guy said that he's 50 years old, he's practicing abstinence and um he was talking to some women and the women was like, "Oh, no, I'm about to test drive that thing before we get get in a relationship. I'm not finna be abstinent with you." So, uh it needs to be said that a lot of women ain't ain't, ain't trying to wait either. You know, especially when right. you're of a certain age when men are "Quote unquote on the decline sexually, then they want to make sure that he ain't suffering from erectile dysfunction. So mm-hmm. they like, nah, I got the we got to see this. I ain't finna be spending a lifetime with somebody that ain't trying to resolve that. Uh, so why is it important for you um, to be aligned with someone that shares the same belief? Not that they. First of all, I'm ask you, do you want a guy that's a virgin?
1: No. Why you say no? No, no. I mean, I it doesn't. <laughs> oh, you said that's not no, a requirement. No, no. I'm not saying if. If a virgin came into my life, I would, that'd be great. Right. But you're saying that's not the prerequisite. It is not.
2: But he needs to be practicing abstinence.
1: Well, if he's with me, yes. (laughs) That's what
2: I want to be clear. Because he'd be like, all right, don't have sex with me. He'd be like, cool. I'm going to have sex with somebody else until we get married. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's not how it's going to go. Yeah, no. Definitely, you know, he will have to sacrifice and, and practice abstinence with me. But if he wants me, he'll do that. You know, it's been hard for me. Listen, when I tell you it, I've come very close. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's been many instances where we would not be sitting here talking about this right now, <laughs> had it not been for the grace of God, Ooh, goodness gracious, <laughs> but that's where I am now. That's what I plan on doing. Um, um, but my ministry is not to tell people to be virgins. No, it's it's you. It's, it's just, that's my path. And, 100%. And, and that's where I'm at. I think, and I'm also, I'd be transparent if if tomorrow I lost it. <laughs> I would just be like, didn't make it y'all. Like. <laughs> that's I am. I just be telling the truth. You know, because at the end of the uh, day, we're all human beings. Yeah. And I fall every day yeah. in some different way, shape or form. And just because I'm waiting in that area, does it <laughs> does it make me any more, you know, of a person than anybody else? Mm. Because trust me, I fall every day, and um, I try my hardest to honor God, but I'm a human being, and I do falter, and and I'm just thankful for His grace. But I'm also going to be transparent <laughs> in that, um, always have been, always will be, because I think our transparency is how we really thrive and grow.
2: And that's why this whole podcast exists. Um, this podcast exists because I want to create safe spaces for people to, um, embrace their truth so that they can share it with the world or just share it with their, their inner circle. Like a, a lot of us are just living lives around people that are closest to us. Um, we're afraid to talk about stuff and it's like, how can you be, uh, a best friend to someone, but not be transparent how can right. you be a brother to someone or a son or a father and not share so i share stuff with my kids all the time uh i just i just live a very transparent life and so um, this podcast has been doing the same for everyone else. There's a lot of people in gleaning information, be like, ah, and it's, it's scary, you know, because you're afraid of judgment. But like you said, hey, I can be on this path for 41 years and, and have my little oops moment um, and then be like, hey, well, it's good while I lasted. I gave it a good old college try,
1: you know? <laughs> it's like, and well, just the reality. Yeah, and I think if you put like this pressure on it, yeah, um, and also you can idolize your virginity. I, you can I was, idolize I was about marriage. to ask you
2: that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did it ever become like like I told you about the example of the one the lady or whatever a friend of a friend that said, I don't want this part of my life no more, a part of my story. Uh, at any point, did you begin to idolize it? Absolutely. At what age at what, what age that you recognize I I am idolizing my virginity?
1: Well, I think that's a constant thing. Oh, really? That that you have to really look at because you can even put it above your your relationship with God. You really can if you're looking at that one thing that you do to honor him and you put that above all things. Like then it's that's bigger good, than Alicia. he is. That's good, Alicia. Then it's bigger than he is. That's good. You can't do that.
2: You said if you look at this one thing that you do to honor God and put that thing way up there, then you done made that an idol. Yep. Something that you are supposed to, something that you were initially using to bring honor has now become an idol. Absolutely. That's pretty deep.
1: Yeah, it is. And, And it can happen so quickly, so fast. And so you have to constantly check in with, like, why am I actually doing that? What is the purpose? Is it bigger than him? Like it should be a part of your walk and not your entire walk.
2: Some of the biggest fears that I'll just speak that men have is what well, women say it too. You get with a virgin, you get married, you're not testing anything out before you get married. And then you sign up and you may get a gag gift. You get this woman that doesn't want to have sex. So speak on that. What, what do you think it would? What What is your
1: mindset around that? I have plans. You have plans. <laughs> I have a plan. a plans, okay. Whoever he is, better be ready, because <laughs> I take have 41, all the plans. Years out on him. Listen, <laughs> and practice makes perfect. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he like, "Alicia, God, I'm tired. I'm tired. Can you chill?" And he starts telling you, "Hey, our marriage can't be based on sex. Let's just take." Time. <laughs>
1: Can you cuddle? Can we he cuddle? might be can tired, you but he better find some energy. <laughs> like, can you can you hold me?
2: As as my boy Marcus <laughs> said on one episode, he said, "I'll be the little spoon, you be the big spoon." <laughs> like just hold me. <laughs> so you, know, you feel like that's a? Do you, have guys ever said that while you were dating them? Absolutely. That they'll say stuff like what?
1: And I well, I understand that being it's it's pressure. Yeah. To have somebody who's never been with someone with you, they don't think they're kind of like nervous that. You know, I'm the only person she's ever gonna be with. Yeah. So I understand that. Um, but what I think there's a huge misconception of virgins that we're not sexual people. Yeah. Well, it's because I'm a very sexual you, person. I just want to have sex with one person.
2: But see, that's what I'm saying. It's like saying you're a sexual person, but how what's the what's the frame of reference? Just like you said in basketball, they assume just because you were tall you could play basketball, but mm-hmm. it was something you have to work really hard at it. Uh and so how can you say you're quote unquote sexual, but you haven't had sex?
1: Well, just because you haven't had sex doesn't mean you don't have the desire. I'm also very acquainted with myself. Talk I know what I it. like and what I don't like. there it is. And so
2: I want you to say it, not
1: me. Yeah, well, <laughs> I said it. And so there are things that I already know, yeah, um, and there are a lot of things that I want to do, and whoever it is does need to be ready. <laughs> Because we will be doing all the things.
2: You have been warned. Whoever you are, get ready.
1: And I think even if you have been having sex with someone for a long time or you have had sex, you still need to evolve as a person, as a sexual being and try things out. um, Constantly check in with someone to know what they like, what they don't like, what they want to try. All of those things happen. And I'll be doing all of those things with one person. And I I look forward to that.
2: You know, that's good to say, because a lot of times, like I said, men, it's funny because men. It's so interesting because there's two opposing thoughts, Mm -hmm. because you say men always like, well, I'm scared to be with a virgin. But then men berated me when I had a video that went viral that said I'm not intimidated by a woman's past. She could have been with 25, 35 men. Uh, I know how to cultivate that woman, the version Mm -hmm. of her that I'll have. No other man has ever gotten. This one guy did a reaction video to it, and um, one of my uh, supporters saw the video while he was live on YouTube and said, hey, he has you as a thumbnail. Do you know about this? So I was like, let me go ahead and pull up. So I went to the live, and I went in the chat, and I said, hey, man, put me in the game, coach. And he was like they was like, Oh, the simp, the simp is in the comments. The, the it was like the simp is in the chat. I said, put me in. So he brought me up. And uh, he was like, Oh, you know, man, my bad. I, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just having a little fun or whatever. I said, mm-hmm. No, nah, we can talk, you know, you know, I'm ten toes down with everything I do. So uh what is the problem that you have with this? And he was like, But I just think you're encouraging women to be H's. You know, you're you're encouraging them to just go have sex with a bunch of people. I said, Well, newsflash, they are already are they've already are been sexually uh, active with people I'm just saying that I don't I said I will never fault a woman for running into a bunch of me's on her way to find
1: me I mean (sighs) but how is that I don't know people just really want to talk about things because how is you saying that it's fine for somebody to have a past like that encouraging it
2: he also said, I said, so what's the perfect number then? He's like, well, she, I mean, you really don't want her to be with, with nobody. But, I mean, if she had did, then maybe one, maybe, mm, maybe two at the most. I'm saying, so you're talking about a 40-year-old woman, 35-year-old woman, 30-year-old woman, 25-year-old woman. You can only handle, your fragile masculinity can only handle if she's had one or maybe two sexual partners but then here you are saying that you meet a guy and you tell him you're a virgin and then they ghost you yeah you would think that they'd be like oh ah, this big old light I'm like i found her you know and do everything in their power to to keep you but then they're running off
1: right but i also think that it is an intimidating thing you know and i understand that i i'm not going to sit here and and say that it isn't but if people would just get to know me they would understand that that is like a very very small part of who i am and what i bring to the table um just as a woman of god and so i just think they get scared about that part and don't even want to get deep into the relationship because then they will have to you know wait with me and and that's a hard thing to do too
2: but that's what that's what i'm saying it's a it's a catch 22 cuz the guys that were going off that that video you can go check it's probably about 7,000 comments or something under that video. Mm-hmm. Got like a million views. A little short. A little 60-second video on YouTube. A short. I've never had this amount of men respond to anything I've done. Yeah. It's like 7,000 or something crazy. And they're all like mad. They're like, this is Homer Simpson and all this. they saying all this stuff. It's funny because they saying that, for me to have the ideology that a woman's sexual past doesn't bother me is a problem. And, but then those are the same guys that would ghost you. That's the part that I'm saying. It's like, if it does like, which, which one is it? You just said that you don't want her to be with anybody. Then you meet that person that hasn't been with anybody. How are you treating her? How are you showing up in her life? Or or how have you shown her that she's valuable or more valuable than the women that you say that have had sex with multiple partners that they have somehow lost their value?
1: Well, a lot of people think that they want it, (laughs) but then when they get it, they have no idea what to do with it. (laughs) And so they run and that's okay. You can run, (gasps) run on away from me. If you don't want me, I'm not going to, you know, do anything to make you stay. I really truly feel that, you know, God will put that in someone's heart when they meet me, that that sacrifice is, is worth it. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I'm, I'm honestly like, this is the most comfortable I've ever been. In my singleness, in my life. So you are telling me, Alicia,
2: that if you never ever get married, Mm -hmm. you will be okay with it.
1: It would bother me at times, but I would have to accept that that was my path.
2: Would you stay a virgin until you die?
1: I can't. I cannot tell you that I can't. I can't say that. Yeah. You know, I live. I understand that life happens, and while it is the goal. Yeah. And. While I would hope so. I don't know.
2: And that's just the truth. And and that is the truth. It's like you're you're a virgin because you desire to save yourself for marriage. Uh, But if marriage never comes, then again, you'll be in that pandemic mentality be like, what what am I waiting for?
1: We're human beings. Yeah. Our feelings will yeah. come in and they will sit there for a while. They sure will. And, and I definitely, you know, my entire life I've had depression um, from a young age. Um, it actually runs in my family. Oh, okay. And I have to be really aware of it. Um, and so those feelings are going to happen. There are inevitably three days a month for me where I just can't see beyond the clouds. Really? Yeah. It's been like that? My my whole life. My three whole days. life. Three days. At least three days. And how do that you come in. that? I just hang on to, honestly, I hang on to what God has, has shown me and told me about my life. And that I'm here for a reason. Um, that he goes before me. And no matter what I'm feeling, he will be there on the other side of it.
2: That's a powerful thing. And I'll tell you why. But look at that camera. That's your camera right there.
1: This is mine.
2: Yeah. So whoever, I want you to speak to the person that's struggling with depression to speak to that single woman that um, is feeling like God has forgotten about them, that 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 woman that says that some of the things that they're not comfortable about, which is their physical attributes, uh, speak to that woman and encourage her.
1: Everything that God has given you, he has given you for a reason. You have gifts that nobody else on this earth has, and he's given them to you to execute your purpose period. And we have feelings, but we also have faith. And so we have to focus on our faith over our feelings because our feelings, while they're beautiful and they have moments where we just feel so amazing. And those are straight from God. We have to understand that, those low moments that we have and those feelings that we have to bring us down are really there to hinder, um, who we are. And when we focus on our faith over them, it will help us through. Um, I can't tell you, I've had so many dark days in my life. Um, so many days where I didn't really understand, um, why I was here or what my purpose was, but God shows me every single time in little ways that, he has created me specifically for a reason and every single one of us has a purpose in this world on this earth and so just hang on to that and know that you're an amazing person um, that was here to do amazing things and those feelings are not going to stop you from doing that just get through them i know it's hard um but hang on to that faith um because it's going to get you through. Um, and it's going to show you exactly where you need to go. I don't know if that was good or not.
2: No, that's that's amazing. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to put context the reason why I had you say that. And I know my son over there, Armani, said, God, I always got to say something to me. Because before you got here, uh, I was on the phone with my friend Jessica Reedy. And Jessica, we just talking about stuff and all that. And um, she had mentioned um, being, she mentioned the term unequally yoked. And then I had on speakerphone and saw Armani being inquisitive as he is. He's one of those guys that's always trying to learn. Um, And he said, what does that mean? What what does unequally yoked mean? And she began to tell him and break it down. She went through this long explanation of it. And so I got up and walked to the, walked uh, into my office and he was just sitting there listening to her and then she started asking them how he feels or whatever mm-hmm. and Armani is a he struggles with depression and so um, he began to she began to ask him questions he's like you know i all do respect I don't I don't feel like talking I usually don't talk to people I really don't open up I really don't do this mm-hmm. and she was like no but today is the, the end of that let's talk let's talk and she kept trying to talk to him and he just would not budge and he, he, she tried for quite some time and I just sat in the office and I was like, hopefully he opens up. And if he doesn't, then I'm glad that he hears that someone cares yeah. that someone can hear behind his silence and know that something ain't right." Yeah. Um, and so when you just start speaking about, Openly about uh, struggling with depression your whole life, he's open about it. He he he's tried to commit suicide several times, and he's he's open about it. He 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 shares it, shares it, uh, talks about it on social media, talked about it in school, which I was surprised. I was like, "What? You you shared that with your classmate? He's like, "Well, they you know this this is something I want to say about him too. This is really really powerful. He was working on a project in culinary." And he had a suicide attempt and he had to go to the behavioral health hospital. This was uh, a few months ago. And and he was like, when he got out, he was like, man, I think I felt my, you know, my my, my team, my partners, because I wasn't there. I was like, you care about what they, you know, like who tries to commit suicide but then care that they weren't available for the team on a culinary project? You know what I'm saying? I was like, so I asked him, I was like, that was, I just thought that was odd. And then he came home and he ended up telling me that he shared, you know, they asked where he was. He said, I just got to the Behavioral Health Hospital and he shared why. And I said, why did you share that with them? He was like, because I'm, you know, I'm going to just be honest. I'm always be honest. And, you know, and then what happens when he starts sharing stuff like that, then other kids begin to share about their story and their and their uh, suicide attempts. And it's just, it's just very hard. So one thing I want to do is salute you for... Um, people look up to you people see you they say oh you're amazing you're beautiful you're this confident woman but hold on you struggle with depression hold on you've been you've been you said it's a good 3 days out of the month you still struggle with that you're not fixed yet like what I, but i thought everything was working together i thought that you were this why why haven't you been fixed yet what would be your answer about that
1: there really is no fixing of depression depression Yes, there are times when you have just feelings of depression. Yeah. But also there's clinical depression where your body has an imbalance, literally. And you literally cannot physically see through the clouds.
2: Yeah.
1: And that is something like I I do believe in medication. I don't believe yeah. in medication for everyone. I think you have to really seek and find, you know, what's Right. Works for you and what's good. Like I tried medication when I was younger, and it actually intensified the feelings for me. And so and that's what I'm
2: trying to find that perfect blend with Armani because he's yeah. on medication. But then I'd be like, does it work? Does it? Sometimes you get lethargic, get too sleepy, yes. want to sleep all the time. And I'm like, Is what?
1: yeah. And so for and and it's hard. It's a hard process to go through because there are so many different medications. There's different dosing. There's there's so many different things, but. For a lot of people, it's a game changer. Um, for me, it didn't really help um, in my walk so far with depression. However, um, who knows in the future what what may happen? But you know, I have family members who um, are on medication. I have family members who aren't. I have family members who refuse to realize that they need, that need they need help. Yeah. Um. But for me, I just I monitor it. Um. I have a lot of great friends that know when I need to be uplifted. Good. Um, I, you know, obviously I have God and I I talk to him real. Like, Mm. why am I going through this? Help me. Show me the way through this. I hate feeling like this, Lord. Like, why is this happening? I mean, we have to be real with God. You know, that is a way to honor him is being real with him. He knows what's in our heart. Anyways, he sees us struggling. There it is. Talk to him about it.
2: There it is. Lisa, how can people stay connected with you?
1: Well, I'm at Tall Swag um, on all social media, so that's probably the best way. Tall um, swag. Uh, to stay connected. Um, but you know, reach out to me. Um, I do check my DMs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you this:
2: How do you feel about guys? Do you ever respond to guys that slide in your DMs?
1: Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Um, I'm not going to tell all my business, but no, nah, nah, don't tell. Don't <laughs> we, tell them. Don't tell them your dating process. <laughs> but I do. I mean. If you really think about it, it's like a dating app. That's exactly what it is. You know, and I've tried dating apps also, which, you know, haven't been my favorite. But to me, I have to move my feet. And during the pandemic, I was like, well, that's pretty much the only way that you're going to really <laughs> meet, meet somebody. somebody. online. Yeah. But, you know, and I had some, I guess you would say success, but all in all, it wasn't really my favorite thing. But I do have a question. This kind of goes back to the height thing. Would you be okay? Oh, Lord, she's not flipping on me. I I will. Would you be okay dating someone who's my height?
2: I think it will be something getting used to. I'm open to a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So even when you walked in, I stood next to you. I was like, what does this feel like? Uh, And I had this quick feeling of, like, this feels uncomfortable. But then I've learned to embrace stuff that's uncomfortable it's like i'll embrace it and i'll be like this feels uncomfortable get real with that emotion i'll be like yeah but i like like my i don't know if it's ego i don't know what it is but i'll be like i could handle this you know what i'm saying it's like so why
1: is it so uncomfortable for you
2: because uh, for someone to be towering over me it just feels uh, it just feels a little inferior
1: who said that was wrong
2: it just feels my my spirit just feel different
1: but who planted that that was inferior for you to be shorter than a woman?
2: We're gonna go back to society then. It's, it's what we've been, it's been what we've been brainwashed in society. Uh, because I think there's also certain tribes and countries or whatever where women are taller and men are shorter. There's different tribes where uh, women are bigger and they're 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 worshipped like plus size women are worshiped mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in certain tribes where in, you know, the United States, you know, it's, it's just this crazy ideology based upon our upbringing. But I, I, yeah, I, I think that that's just what that is. You know, and I've, uh, what did I say to you? I said, you're extremely tall and you corrected me and said what? I'm exceptionally tall. You're exceptionally tall. And I love that because again, there's, there's wording that has to get changed. There's stuff, and, and, and I always say that I'm mature enough to embrace that which I haven't experienced. And so, and that's what I was saying as far as giving grace to certain circumstances. If I dated a woman that is exceptionally taller than I am, then there's some learning that has to even wordplay you know, if I said, girl, you're extremely tall, you'd be like, I'm exceptionally tall, the Remember I told you that? Okay, okay, girl, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but then it can't be where the woman is so offended by my ignorance either. It's like, I'm learning some things, just like when you have people that are dating people of different ethnicities. There are going to be stumbling, there's going to be mistakes that's made, you know, and then they go, no, nah, you can't say that. You can't say that to a black woman, and you're a white guy. Well I, well, I thought that, y'all say that to each other. We can say that, but you can't. You know, it's all mm-hmm. this stuff, this grace that we give each other, and so I think it's a same thing if i dated uh a woman that is exceptionally taller than i am and and for her to feel like if she says i'm looking down at you then it'd be like did you say you're looking down at me you know it's like no i'm just saying i'm physically looking down on you but no, i feel like you i kind of feel like you'd be looking down at me you know it's like all this crazy insecurities that arise but we have to be able to combat it with intelligence and so um so yeah i would i would be i would
1: entertain that But imagine dealing with that breakdown that you just did every single day with men that we interact with. Mm. Because that's what we deal with. I understand. Yeah.
2: I hear you, queen. I hear you, exceptionally tall queen. (laughs) Well, you know. With tall swag. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that is. But that's... Did you give guys grace in their learning guys that are, that you find are really genuinely trying to understand?
1: Yes, I absolutely do. That is a very rare find. Really? Yes. Um, Most times people are just so ignorant with the things that they say in the approach you know it's like why would i ever want to date you after you know you've come up to me saying we the same size laying down girl like no oh, i shouldn't use that i
2: shouldn't use that ne- oh, No, okay. never i, I was, I was gonna never say do that,
1: that. <laughs> it's another one it's like who would want who would want to continue with getting to know someone
2: that start off at such a low vibration <laughs>
1: Height or no height, that's just rude. Yeah. People just walk up and say some Throw it off stuff, huh? Oh, my goodness.
2: Hmm. We're the same height laying down.
1: We're the same height laying down. They already put you in the bed in the first conversation. Right. So I know exactly where you're coming from. Exactly. Yeah.
2: (laughs) At least he ain't hiding it. He's letting you know. So if you if you uh proceed, then you need to proceed with caution because mm-hmm. you already know what it is. Yeah. And especially when you find out that you're a virgin, he'd be like, gosh, I said we're the same height laying down. We can't lay down. I messed they, up. What exactly. am I here for? <laughs> what am exactly. I here for? I'm wasting my time. That is interesting. So, but you're open. You said you're open to dating a guy that's exceptionally shorter than you are. I'm open to it if he is. We I know. If he's confident, confident you yeah, has be fully confident.
1: It. But I'm trying to tell you. No,
2: see, see? No. I'm, no, no, because now you're basing past experiences on this new guy's uh, opportunity to uh, okay. do something different.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I'm open to dating confident men. There How about that?
2: I love it. I love it. Well, there it is. Listen, Alicia J, I really enjoyed talking to you on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Thank you for your transparency, thank you for uh, just sharing your journey. Uh, I've never had the privilege of meeting a woman uh, of your stature, um, a woman that is fully embodying her femininity. Because there's nothing masculine about you. Like that's another. Uh, uh, I know you probably get that. They automatic go here because you want to say something.
1: I do yeah. because why is height equated to masculinity?
2: I, that's why. That's what I'm saying. I don't know a woman that is. Uh, A whole lot taller in stature is going to automatically feel like she's dominating um, a man in that regard that's shorter.
1: Far from the truth. I
2: know. And they haven't experienced it. You got to think, how many people, this is what we have to understand. How many men have experienced, I've lived on this earth for 44 years. I'm Mm -hmm. 44 years old. And I've never met a woman as tall as you are.
1: Well, I'm glad to be the first. I always like that. But um, yeah, I mean... Being exceptionally tall is something that is rare, but it doesn't mean that we aren't beautiful. It doesn't mean that we are inherently masculine, stereotypically masculine. Um, It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that we have the gift of being exceptionally tall. That's it. That's it. And that's
2: it. And that's what I'm saying. But to experience that, it takes people that have, an open mind and a level of maturity to say,
1: Oh, she's just taller than me. Wow. But I also would think that it would just like people come in all different shapes and sizes. We're all made beautifully different. And why does it just because I have some extra inches that is a gift straight up. um, Why does that make me all of those things? Like we need to totally like, get rid of all of those stereotypes because there's not one way to be a human being in this world.
2: Yeah. And it's hard because we, when something is on the extreme of things, like if you saw somebody that's like, I used to watch my, what was it? My 600 pound life or whatever. And you see people that can't even move out the bed, then that person deserves love too. But mm-hmm. then you automatically like, you lazy, you a slob, you're this, you're that or whatever. Like, why would I want? And that person saying, I'm just a whole lot more inches. Around my waist, and we like, yeah, but I don't want all them inches laying next to me. You know, whatever that is, we all are challenged with our own uh, preferences, biases, uh, idiosyncrasies. In and, or and then when you actually meet and give yourself the op- the opportunity to explore something outside of your your norm, mm. then you go, man, I, I would have. And then we get this aha moment where hindsight is twenty twenty, and we and we say, if I had known. Then what I know now, I would have embraced this earlier, you know, and so that's that's what I say. Love is a journey. And so yeah. you get a chance to experience certain stuff and be like, this is what I've been waiting for. I never thought it, was, it would come in this package, but here it is.
1: But I also think it exposes a lot of those internal struggles that people have that they need to address. One hundred percent. I can't tell you how many times I walk by a man and they're like, oh, you make me feel so short. And I'm like, no, actually, you have just made yourself feel short. It wasn't me. It had nothing to do with me. Yeah. So there are things that we all need to look inside and change and abolish, you know, these things that we have. You know, I don't you should not feel less confident because I'm taller. Mm hmm. That's something that you need to literally work on for yourself because you should feel confident in the exact body that you have and and not be threatened by mine.
2: I can't say that that when I was standing next to you, I didn't feel inferior to you. I just felt like I was like, oh, this would be an experience. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like because that's it's different. It's just Mm -hmm. so different. But no one gets a I, I don't know where that is. I don't know if it's ego, whatever, but I, I, I don't feel inferior next to anybody. I could be Mm -hmm. around a tall guy. Shaq could be next to me. And I'd be like, what's up bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but when you start exploring and say, let's get real with it, if I'm walking, uh, down the street at a restaurant, you know, people are going to be looking and, um, it's a different look that I would get versus being with someone else, you know? And it's like, are you okay with that? Me? I, you know, I, I like attention. So that'd be fun with me. It'd be like, can yeah, you be cool with that? So it's all about, it's just, it's just a journey. Everything is a journey. And um, like I said, whoever God has is going to be the person for you that, mm-hmm. but it's not going to come perfect. You know, no. he can be seven foot two and you thought that that was the one and he had the height and everything else, but then whatever else it just didn't materialize.
1: I mean, obviously I'm single and I've dated all those heights. So <laughs> I've learned that. I know. <laughs>
2: She said, I think that this is the one, he's seven foot two. I can actually look up to
1: him. There was more than that. There was more than that, but it was nice, I'm not gonna lie. But there was definitely more than that. Um, no, I know what a woman told me earlier,
2: said that the reason why she couldn't date, and she's like five nine. She said she couldn't date a woman, that, uh, a guy that's five foot tall because she wouldn't feel safe with him physically. She wouldn't feel protected. Do you have a fear that do you feel, well, you never date a guy short of that that much extreme?
1: Yeah, I I can't speak to it personally because I never have. But I think there's different ways that people can make you feel safe. But I also feel safe by myself. So I don't really need someone to make me feel safe personally. That's good. That's good.
2: She was saying that's from a protective standpoint that a man towering over you make you feel, you know, more protected. And if he's that little, then you're looking down at him and you just feel like he's your son.
1: Again, I can't speak to it. I've never dated someone that much shorter than me, however. said feel like his son. But uh, I've definitely been around tall people that I don't feel safe with. I've yeah. been around tall people that um, aren't confident in it, too. Like, they they don't like that I'm just as tall as them. So I think it really just depends on the person. person. And that's why, like I said, I'm more open to it more now than ever because I want to make sure that I'm with someone and not someone just because they're tall. Perfect
2: way to end it. Love has no heights. Thank you, Alicia, once again for sitting down on Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I really enjoyed this challenging conversation cause yeah. it, it caused me to challenge my own preferences
1: and you will continue to th- challenge your preferences 100
2: percent until i say i do
1: <laughs> aren't we all
2: <laughs> thank you ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. my nephew black a boy the likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship slim to none armani 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have Been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping, and even caring for our animals on our farm and on site stables. We just launched our Startup Capital Campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse. I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys, documenting my work with the homeless, as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit kingdomroyal.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Yeah, this was a very interesting episode. Hey, make sure that you go into the description on the YouTube channel and sign up for the mailing list. Some exciting things that are going to take place, and I'm releasing uh, an amazing course. But also, I need your email address so I can keep you abreast on all the many things we're going to be doing events. Um, I'm not going to go into it all just yet, but just know, got to get connected. A lot of y'all have been like, how can we stay connected? I may go live on Instagram and people wish they could have been a part of it. Or I may do an event or, or not may. It's been times I've done events where people, I never knew about it. Uh, So I need to find a way To stay connected to y'all Well here's my favorite part Of the podcast Where I speak to my future wifey Dear future wifey You're too tall You're too short. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too broke. You're too rich. You're too talkative. You're too quiet. You're too sexually experienced. You're too green. You're too smart. You're too dumb. You're too extravagant. You're too thrifty. You're too controlling. You're too easygoing. You're too clingy. You're too standoffish. You're too needy. You're too self-sufficient. You're too saved. You're too worldly. You're too ugly. You're too beautiful. You're too... You're just perfect for me, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your
0: friends and family.